Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, you guys. This is Haley. Associate Producer at the Webby Awards. Going into this new year, do you have any project goals or cool work you've accomplished that you would love to show off, such as creative online games, unique websites, that really nice TikTok account, or that Substack newsletter you cannot stop reading? At a time like this, it's so easy to think what you would look like in Web 3.0. So I'm sure you or a friend are great at making work on today's internet. If so, I'm here to tell you that there is still a bit more time to enter your work into the 26th Annual Webby Awards, where it'll be seen from the most talented people on the internet. The extended entry deadline is Friday, February 11th. This year, we have a ton of new ways to honor your work this year, including new categories for email newsletters, podcast, social, and even installation experience. Visit webbyawards.com to learn more. From the Webby Awards, I'm David Michelle Davies. This is the Webby Podcast. Act now or face disaster. Stay curious and keep exploring. Woo! Make every day Earth Day. Say something with purpose. Okay. Hey there, and welcome back to the Webby Podcast. You don't have to look far these days to see the fashion industry's impact on our planet, contributing to carbon emissions, production cycles that waste materials, and more. Fast fashion is the biggest culprit, but all brands and retailers share a responsibility to make products in more sustainable ways. My next guest and his team have set out to take on that challenge. Jad Fink is the VP of Innovation and Sustainability at Allbirds. In 2014, the sneaker company started as a Kickstarter to build running shoes using merino wool, and has blossomed into not just a full brand, but a mission-driven company that puts sustainability at the forefront of everything they do. At Allbirds, among other things, Jad is tasked with creating new sustainable materials practices to build a great running sneaker with the smallest carbon footprint possible. In June, he became a judge for the inaugural Anthem Awards, our new initiative for mission and purpose-driven work, and will help review our sustainability, environment, and climate entries this year. Jad and I talked about a lot, From the early days of Allbirds, the nitty-gritty of their production process, how they measure their carbon footprint, and what else brands can do to reverse the impact of climate change. You've been at Allbirds for a while, since at the beginning, at least in internet time, it's been a while. Can you tell us a bit about your background and how you got started there? Yeah, so I was one of the earliest employees, and I'm proud to be part of that early crew. Uh, And I came in really with a renewable materials background. And, and I had actually worked with one of the two co-founders, Joey's Willinger, and we had previously been uh, at a company, a startup company, a biotechnology company that was delivering new materials with sugarcane, with algae, trying to replace petroleum in lots of different products. Hmm. And, and we had some success. We were even making foams and pitching them to sneaker companies. 
And, and what we found was the technologies were there. There was really exciting new ways to harness nature and replace petroleum, but the brands were kind of the ones that were in the way. And we felt like they just weren't creative storytellers when they started off asking about uh, innovation. It always sounded like they were uh, interested in, in, in truly new, novel, sustainable materials, but really what they wanted was the same thing, just at a lower price. Uh, that was the innovation most of the procurement mm. team ended up wanting. But so we felt like here's these great new tools, uh, new materials, new biotechnologies to harness nature and make products. And brands weren't really getting them. They weren't really figuring out uh, what customers were thinking about uh, as, as far as the climate or wanting to align their values with their with their products, with their purchases. And and they kind of said, look, we know the customer cool material, but it'll never work. And so what was exciting when when Joey Zwillinger left to start Allbirds with Tim Brown uh, was he said, now we can be the brand and there's nobody in our way. We have a direct line to the customer and we we have a strong suspicion that they're going to respond to this because we know that the world needs better things. The world needs action. world needs lower carbon shoes, lower carbon things that that aren't just more sustainable, but actually are, are look better, feel better at the same time as, as doing better for the planet. It's so fascinating, too, because you think about some of these like what you maybe call historically more traditional sneaker companies or shoe companies as being still like really cultural brands, right? Like they've uh, they've really like, you know, married themselves to sports and in, in different types of like cultural events and so forth that sort of have relevance. So you you just think like, wow, they got to be super connected to their customer because they're so they seem like so you know, of the moment and, you know, all the marketing is so like cutting edge and with all these cultural icons. But then at the end of the day, it's sort of like the same old story of other, all the other traditional things out there, which is like, they just want to keep doing the thing they're doing. <laughs> well, they have huge in-place portfolios and yes, they want to find different ways to kind of capture the interest with really slick marketing and really flashy brands and logos on their shoes. And they have to compete in a wholesale environment at a multi-brand shoe store and kind of you know it's it's like an arms race they're, they're up on the wall saying kind of shouting at the customer saying look at me look at me i've got this new plastic petroleum-based uh you know technology that's been added on top of the shoe for some vague reason that you're not really sure of but it's a reason to buy the next shoe so they had these 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 big portfolios that they have to serve because it's really hard to steer that ship in a different direction um, and, and they're good at gaining attention, but I, we believe that they were really asleep at the wheel when it came to what is the, the customer struggling with rather than just, uh, you know, the next shoe for the next season, what are they starting to think about? Um, and, and, and there's, we knew that they would be thinking about climate change. We, we, we believe it's the number one issue facing our generation and footwear and apparel you know, are really big contributors to it in the traditional way that they're done. And so not only was it something consumers were thinking a lot about, um, but it's something that industry really needed to, to have action on. And the, the beautiful part about starting a new company, as we did, was we didn't have this old kind of dirty portfolio that we had to tend to and kind of serve at the, at the, at the, the feet of. Um, we could say, look, we don't have to go clean up an old giant portfolio of, of plastic petroleum-based shoes. 
we can start and, and, and start and only make things if they truly are better. And so, so that's what we did. But, but yeah, I agree with you. They're great at catching attention, but in this case, you know, they, they weren't really seeing the, 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 what their customers were re- starting to wrestle with. And that was an insight that, that Tim and Joey really had when they started this. And in the beginning, it was a little bit, we felt a little lonely, you know, it was almost like, are, are you sure you really want to add all, you know, all this sustainability stuff on top of trying to build a company? And we said, absolutely. You know, it, maybe some of you think it's a tailwind now, but before you know it, it's going to be or a headwind, right? You know, something slowing us down before you know it, it's going to be a tailwind and and you, it's going to be just kind of table stakes. You know, if you don't have a sustainability strategy now, you know, I think uh, the companies are scrambling to, to keep up. It would almost be, you know, unheard of now to, to try to start a new brand without without sustainability in your messaging, at least. Now, we can talk more about what's the substance behind that. And, you know, that's something we feel very strongly about. Yeah. So so tell I mean, you know, I, I know what an Allbirds shoe is like, you know, a lot of people know it's comfortable, it's sustainable, but you tell me, tell us like what, what differentiates a classic Allbirds shoe from these other shoes, like soup to nuts, like from the renewable stuff to your outlook on comfort and, you know, how it fits and all that kind of stuff. Really give me, and for our listeners who haven't maybe had put, been able to put one on or so see one, what's what's the difference? So in the very beginning, the most simple I can, I can put it was, better things in better ways. And, and we drew three big circles up on, on the board and it was comfort, design, sustainability. And right in the middle where all those intersect, we said that's better things in better ways. And, and you know, you might say, hey, okay, in design, there's plenty of brands that have designs people like. There's plenty of brands that are comfortable. Very few of them that are kind of both of those two things. And then when you add in sustainability, we saw no one doing all three of those uh, at all, let alone well. And, and so that was kind of the, the, the real white space. Um, and, and how do we do that? So, you know, in the beginning, it was really a, a push for, hey, look, Tim Brown had been working on this idea for a long time, even before he met Joey. Uh, he was the professional uh, soccer player from New Zealand. He was getting all the best uh, performance footwear, and he was seeing, you know, this kind of uh, heavily synthetic, all derived from petroleum, too much branding, too, too, too really garish logos, and not a lot of uh, innovation around natural materials and, and nothing really addressing what's the actual footprint of, of these shoes. And, uh, and so, but he was able to design this, and, and he was also from New Zealand, the land of 30 million merino sheep or 30 million sheep. And he said, how come people aren't using merino wool in uh, casual shoes, in everyday casual shoes? Huh. So the combination of kind of, hey, these things are, over logoed too plasticky and um why aren't we harnessing this beautiful miracle fiber of merino wool um and it's not scratchy kind of old wool like from your grandmother's sweater you know he said merino wool can can feel like cashmere it can it can be absolutely uh buttery soft and so we said what, why don't we use the, this really high quality wool with the ultimate animal welfare standards build it into a shoe and then he met joey and and joey said hey look this is we're onto something here. This is what the world needs. Um, and it's not just going to be about wool. It's not just going to be about shoes. It's going to be about sustainable material innovation as the engine um, for, for ultimately reversing climate change through with a business, uh, through better business. So that that's actually our, our kind of updated brand purpose is reversing climate change through better business. 
And, uh, and so that was the insight. And so how do we do that? Well, it's one thing to just say, hey, okay, well, let's make some stuff from natural products. Uh, that's great. But we, we go all the way to, um, we think if you're truly going to be a sustainable company, you've got to look at where's the stuff coming from now. It's one thing just to say sheep, but we want to make sure it's the absolute gold standard of how they're treated, animal welfare, how is the land management. So we, how do you do that as a brand? Well, we've got to actually partner with not just the the company making the shoe, the final shoes, which most brands do, um, but the, all the people in the middle, all the way back to the sheep farmers. So we actually have relation, direct relationships with Merino sheep farmers and our, our main partner for wool, which is New Zealand Merino Company. So we've got a partner with them and we work with them very closely. Right now we're actually working on regenerative wool, which is wool that um, actually makes the land better over time. And it actually draws down carbon. So you can take wool and actually make it a low or even carbon negative material that actually directly helps reverse climate change. And then for our tree products, uh, which is our other kind of big uh, hero franchise in the shoe part of our business, that's from eucalyptus fiber. And so that's for a lighter, breezier, warmer weather type shoe. And so we designed this, uh, a shoe that kind of looked more like a screen door uh, with a real open mesh knit uh, versus the, the wool shoe, which is more of a fuzzy sweater. And we partner with that company. And so we we're working with them closely. We have um, almost weekly calls um, and we work at the fiber level there, not only for the current shoes, but for new innovations. How do we bring this eucalyptus fiber to customers in better ways? Ultra low carbon, 95% reduction in water use versus traditional cotton. So, uh, and, and an incredible recycled uh, processing of all the, the, the solvents used to turn it in from trees into fiber. Um, so it's, it's a really beautiful, clean process, but that's how you have to do it. To, the short answer to your question is how do we do what we do? It, we've got to partner all the way back at the very beginning of these materials to make sure it's not just kind of conceptually good because it's nature. It's, it's something that we can track all the way through, make sure for the trees that they're forest stewardship council certified, which is again, the gold standard for sustainable forestry. Um, you know, you want to make sure these are healthy. Uh, uh, plantations that are growing, healthy farms that are growing these trees. So you got this this one big pillar around sustainability, really important. Yep. It strikes me though, at the same time, and we were talking about this a little bit earlier, off, off sort of before we started taping here, that you know a lot of the story of Allbirds has to be on some level tied to the to the internet and some of some of the different types of opportunities that the internet has allowed a new shoe company to have, and maybe we're calling it a shoe company, but you know a new company to have. Um, and part of that, what one of the things you all are really known for, I think, at this point is sort of telling the stories, just some of the story you just told us there, but really like for consumers who do care about where this stuff comes from and care about, you know, what they're wearing and if it's sustainable, really taking them behind the scenes um, and giving that information. Also, in a way, holding yourselves all accountable by making inf that information so public, right? But it just also strikes me that you know, back in the day, now you can tell all the stories and you can have them on your site and on Instagram and all these different places. You know, back in the day, you would have had to buy like, you know, 30 second spots on like NBC <laughs> or something to tell these stories it would have been totally crazy. Um, so really, there's just so many different avenues by which you're able to connect with customers that enables all this. Yeah. So, yeah, you mentioned that, you know, what, what is it about the Internet that has really been a, a big enabler for us? We absolutely think, you know, it's it's it was really good timing. Uh, the direct-to-consumer, vertically integrated brand uh, was was really starting to take shape with companies like Warby Parker and 
and Harry's and, um, and, and people are getting comfortable buying shoes online. So that, that's incredibly important, uh, that timing. You know, so that kind of consumer trend was just really starting to take, take, build up steam at the same time as the awareness of people wanting to connect their values to their purchases. But yeah, so all of a sudden now, if we're going to spend all this time uh, trying to clean up the supply chain, trying to clean up these materials, it's not easy for people to digest, right? Sustainability can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different folks. Uh, and now, especially in a good way, a lot of people are talking about it. So we think directionally that's good. It's also really confusing. And so um, one of the, you know, we're glad that everyone's kind of jumped on the bandwagon, but what we're trying to take them to the next step is great that you're talking about this, but what's your impact? What is the, what is your priority? And for us, it's very clear and what we think really everybody should be focusing on is carbon. And it's, it's zeroing in, getting serious about climate change and not in some vague pledge for 2050, but right now, what is your carbon footprint right now? What are you doing to make that as small as possible? Uh, and put that on your products. That's the, that's the craziest thing. We are the first product company to put our carbon footprint globally on every single product we make. And, and it's in this day and age, it kind of seems crazy that, that we had to be the first ones to do it. And, and, and hopefully in a not very distant future, it will be as ubiquitous as turning over a, a box of food in the grocery store and looking for the calories. That's what you're going to use to really show that you're, I say so-called, but not in a bad way, but that you are living up to being sustainable is the carbon footprint. Absolutely. What's your scorecard, right? It's not, let's, let's get beyond beautiful pictures. Let's get beyond brochure language. And what's the impact, right? Because we know what's the cause of global warming. We know the footwear and apparel industry is a big contributor. So what is your impact? And, and don't just talk about vague sustainability concepts. Do the math. Uh, the numbers are there. And, and you're making something. You're putting it out in the world. At least tell people what that is. You know, step one, you can't reduce what you don't measure. Can't reduce what you don't measure. So, so we've got kind of a three-phase approach to it. We measure from, from soup to nuts. We measure from the sheep all the way to shoes to use phase to end of life. The full, it's called cradle to grave uh, methodology. And we do a full life cycle assessment of the carbon footprint from the very beginning. Or what, what are they made of? How are they made? How are they transported? What do you do when you have them throughout the life of the product? And what happens at the end? And you, you end up with a number. And that's a carbon equivalent number. And that's really kind of like your global warming scorecard. How are you doing in cli uh, addressing climate change? And put it on there score yourself, and then everybody's got to work to get those numbers lower. You owe it to your customers to keep driving that lower. But while you're doing that, you can offset your company to zero tomorrow. There, and that's, so it's, it's an offset, meaning you fund projects that are unrelated to shoes in the meantime, while you're trying to get your shoes down to zero. And so we do that through funding uh, tree projects, through funding methane capture projects, through funding wind energy, and so, uh, you know, the climate doesn't really care uh, in the short term. They want, they want, it wants carbon out of the atmosphere. It wants it balanced, right? Yeah. And, but ultimately you want to get to where whatever you're making really doesn't emit to begin with, uh, right. or as a net, net basis uh, emits an, a net zero. And so measure, reduce, offset is kind of our mantra. And we think, uh, you know, great if you've got trees on your homepage now, but Let's let's get serious. What's your score? What's the number? And how are you doing year after year? Tell me a little bit about like what it really means to like measure the carbon footprint of merino sheep wool, for instance, right? Like, is that yeah. really understanding 
how much carbon a sheep generates in you know yes. sort of per sheep basis and is that really what that is and the scientific scientific terminology for that uh kind of awkward subject is enteric fermentation okay. and so that is sheep belching and sheep mm -hmm. flatulence and right. and the off gassing from sheep excrement yeah. um and yes that is that is absolutely the kinds of things that are measured so that's that but it's a huge variety right it's, right. it's all the way down to how much does your package weigh and how is it transported uh, across to customers first to the warehouse you know how much power is that uh one unit that dries a piece of material on its way to the next unit so in the beginning we literally walked down the line with power meters we did full first hand um uh measurements uh you know and and you don't just measure what you end up with you have to measure the waste too mm. you have to kind of take you have to pay the bill of the waste uh, and so it, what's great is when you first do it, it's kind of like a, a treasure map to kind of go back and say, well, wait a minute, why is this so big? Can we, can, why, okay, because there was some waste there. Well, can we do something better with that waste or never create it to, to begin with? You don't just kind of give yourself a score and keep going. We actually took these, you know, these kind of heat maps and brought them back to our partners and said, how do we, how do we get this down? Is that, is that process really necessary or is that just the way they've been making shoes? 40 years and no one's ever asked you about it and and we're actually lowering their power bills and certain you know power usage in certain areas but they love it because it's not just hey they kind of blindly take a test and we score them and never tell them we turn around and say look this is you you and us we got to do this together um and we need you to help us lower this carbon footprint but yeah back to your original question yes it, it starts with what do the sheep eat what do they digest? What are the emissions during that whole process? And that's really the main uh, emissions from wool. In in other areas, it's things like what's the power, uh, you know, to 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 move uh, a material from one to another. In the case of sugarcane, which is a really exciting material for us, we launched the world's first sneaker soles made out of sugarcane, and we partnered with a company in Brazil to do that. And again, it was leveraging this biomaterials background which wasn't that common in, in footwear. And it gave us an edge because we came in with this knowledge of all these new materials that most of the big guys weren't thinking about because they were taking the best of what petroleum gave them and they weren't asking questions. You don't, you don't have to go talk to your raw material supplier when you're buying petrochemicals because it's an oil company and, and you, don't, you don't have to talk to them. Yeah, so, so the, and this, that material absorbs more carbon through the sugar cane, through the efficiency of the process, then it takes to make it. So we get this resin that we can make these classic sneaker soles from that's actually carbon negative. It's starting to bring more carbon out of the atmosphere. And that's really exciting. So, so we're always looking for those kinds of products, lower carbon, carbon negative, because we got to get to the. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The point where we're starting to reverse climate change and not just adding to it slower or adding to it in a, in a, in a, in a gentle way. That whole process that you described, and I'm sure you, you know, that that's a tiny, tiny piece of it is a totally atypical type of skill for a normal shoe wear company to have. So, you, you know, you're really innovating in that space. It's been said that you've also like open sourced the process by which you do all that measurement. Is that right? What does that mean? Yeah. So we actually, um, uh, on earth day, we, we, we gifted our birth, our birthday gift to the earth essentially was gifting our carbon footprint methodology. And so we, and uh, we put it now it's on uh, the Allbirds website and it's literally a, a whole methodology, our whole methodology document. It's an Excel spreadsheet where you can actually follow uh, all of the links and, and none of this existed when we started and still doesn't exist that we've been able to find something that was open source to the point of opening up the hood and seeing how it all works. Uh, now it's optimized for footwear and apparel, but we think a lot of companies can learn from it. It's the kind of thing that we wished somebody had given us when we started, because it can be expensive to work with consultants and go through your first carbon footprinting process. But once you get through kind of the first version of it, um, you can really apply that to the rest of your portfolio much more efficiently. And since we've started, there's also been really great developments with industry groups, such as the SAC, the Sustainable Apparel Coalition, and they've made great progress at these kind of big industry-wide tools, the HIG index, the, the MSI, Material Sustainability HIG index, not sure exactly what the current title is, but the SAC now puts out this, this HIG index where companies can score this without having to build the methodology themselves. And that, that's ultimately where we need to end up. In the beginning, we kind of had to do a lot of this a little bit manually, and we, but that's not the ultimate way that this really gets uh, rolled out. We, we can't have everyone doing, creating their own calculations and then coming up with their own methodology and their own numbers. We need everybody to say, all right, same tool. Here's my score. Same tool. Here's your score. We need like um, the a AWS for, for, <laughs> yeah. for sustainability, right? Everybody get, gets access to the same thing and it can focus yeah. on all the other stuff, right? Yeah. Cause once you measure, you know, uh, sheep in New Zealand that these kinds of, like you're going to be able to re reuse these things, but that's really how we did it. And we think there's a new leadership style that the, the the industry and the world needs where yes we're a business we're a competitive business make no mistake about it we've got our recipes we've got our designs uh, we protect them uh, and but there's kind of key fundamental elements that we think should be shared and you know ultimately the sugarcane uh, foam that we call sweet foam um, we share we've shared that with the world uh, we you know time magazine gave us one of the best inventions of the year and in the article, we said, hey, we'll open source it, no question. And it, all of a sudden, it was this flood of companies to the point where we had to kind of, we had to get the customer uh, experience team to help me. I couldn't keep up with it. 
Uh, we've referred over 100 customers to our Brazilian partner, Brazchem, and uh, uh, there's car companies, shoe companies, furniture companies, kids' toy companies, because this material, what's so exciting, it's, it's, it's one of these just fundamental building blocks of, of life, and now you can access it in a carbon-negative way um, that's predominantly from, from sugarcane. And so that core material, we, we'd love people to get a hold of. We need there to be more volume. You know, ultimately it's a business, right? The more volume, the more cost competitive it can be. So we want there to be more customers, you know, Hey, it was our idea. We did all the upfront work with our partners. So we were very happy to be the ones that launched it and got credit for launching it. Um, but if we're the only ones doing that 10 years later, then how much difference have we made? So, it's, it's kind of a new, uh, more nuanced competition. There's still absolutely a competitive element to this, but the raw materials uh, and, the, and the tools like, like carbon footprinting tools should ultimately be absolutely ubiquitous, easy to get to, synchronized, uh, very, and very efficient to use and very cheap to use. Otherwise, we're, we're all going to kind of, there's always going to be a reason to do it next year. And ultimately, I mean, back to the storytelling part, ultimately what we've found, we, we started something called the Anthem Awards this year, which is about social impact. And and one of the things that we've found and, and you're speaking to is that people want to buy things that not only are carbon neutral and sustainable, but are from companies that are where that's their mission, right? It's not just right. the, it's just not just the number, but it's, it's the people who are creating the number. It's the companies that are you know, doing the innovation that you're driving, that's, they want to be part of that. And, you know, you have to be able to tell those stories to them. And so like, this is a great story, but this is just like, once you do this and you open source the, the sugar cane material, people will be using that. You're going to go on to the next thing that, and try, right. try and do better with that. Right. Right. Yeah. We, we, you can't stop, right. If everyone's got the, you know, all the exact same things that then, yeah, we're, we're a business. We want to, we want to show that we keep redefining what's possible with nature. You know, that's that's really the my innovation team's kind of internal uh, mantra and mission is redefining possible through nature. Yeah, it's an exciting new phase. And we think, you know, for a while it was, hey, uh, you know, millennial customers or Gen Z customers are really going to start to care about this. And it was all about, you know, companies needed to start paying attention. What's exciting now is now they're moving into millennial investors, you know, and, and people are voting with their 401ks. And they're going after ESG, environmental, social governance companies. And, and you know, uh, you might have seen recently, we, we just went public and we're excited to be, uh, you know, to show that you can be a public company pushing the, this ESG kind of mantra and really being a profitable, growing company and, and not, just, not just for the small private companies that are mission driven. So we're excited about the scale that that brings us. Uh, we're excited about the, the, the platform that that gives us. Um, but we want to be a, a successful company where you can take care of both plan and profit as you go forward. Chad Fink from Albert. It's a great story. Congratulations on all the success. Um, so appreciative of having you on the Webby podcast. And uh, thank you. Hey, thank you. It's great to be here. I appreciate the opportunity. close out, we wanted to further today's topic through a new segment we're calling What the World Thinks with YouGov, where we'll surface consumer insights powered by YouGov, an international research data and analytics group. For each segment, I'll be joined by Hamish Brocklebank, chief of YouGov Safe. Let's get into it. Tell me a bit about how consumers' desires for sustainability and a mission in what they buy and, you know, making sure that what they buy is not polluting the earth. How has that changed since the pandemic? 
I mean, not just since the pandemic, but, but over the last five years, sustainability in retail is, is a top issue for all age demographics and has been growing and growing. Younger people more so. So for about a quarter of, of people under 34, um, it's their number, it's their top issue, as opposed to 18% wow. across the nat rep. We're seeing people, more educated people, it matters more for them. Um, and we're also seeing that more than half of the population have boycotted a good or a service from a company that they think is unethical. Traditionally, it's always been, you know, whether you employ child labor in Vietnam has mm. been the main sort of thing. But now it's going beyond that to obviously sustainability, you know, specifically like other materials um, sustainable, you know, are, are the, is their manufacturing process polluting the environment? Um, is their manufacturing process doing good in the world? And they are happy to pay a premium and decide to shop at one place rather than another because they perceive that brand as ethical. And what are and what are what are consumers' ultimate expectations for for these, as you would call it, ethical brands? And are they? Is it? Do you think it's like? A, I mean, this is a the answer is clearly going to be a mix, right? So I appreciate yeah. that, but there's going to be you know some of it's virtue signaling, some of it's going to be wanting to in the same way people want to buy a jacket and sort of show everybody that that's the jacket they buy. But I would imagine there's other expectations that are that are more substantive as well. Sustainability and ethics are sort of uh, are almost becoming a status symbol in and of themselves. So right. the flex, um, to use the, the cool young uh, <laughs> language, is that, um, you know, the products that you buy um, and that you show off reflect your worldview and demonstrate that you care about the world and the environment. It's like an old movie, but there's a um, if you ever watched 21, well, I say it's not out, maybe it's 10 years old now, 21 Jump Street, there's like a great scene where the kids, the, the cops, when they're pretending to be high school students, like they buy like a, I don't know, some like Mustang sports car. And the kids are like, that's not cool. Like the Prius is the cool thing. Right. Um, and that's like from 10 years ago, but, but we're seeing that more and more. And so that is a bigger, you know, part of wearing Patagonia is not just that you want to look like a, a venture capitalist walking around San Francisco, <laughs> but that you, um, you know, that you're actually buying a product where the product is doing good for the environment and the company does good for the environment. And, and, you know, and the same with, with Allbirds. Uh, as an example, people know that Allbirds, um, their, their stuff is, is sort of ethically sourced as well. Are you seeing in polling the counter to that, which is that, you know, people are negatively looked at for not, you know, I mean, it's, it's, you know, there's the flex of like, oh, look, I'm wearing a Patagonia jacket. Are people who are not wearing the Patagonia jacket and are wearing the, you know, I don't want to disparage any other brand, a brand that's less sustainable. Are they getting sort of the negative view or people judging those people poorly? We actually haven't seen um, from memory. We, we're not seeing that. We're not seeing the mm. negative bit yet. Right. I mean, I'm sure if you're wearing like a fur coat, Yes, right, uh, but course. I don't know what the yeah. big fur coat brand is. Actually, no, I'll tell you, I'll tell you one area we are seeing it. Um, fast fashion is mm. becoming, start, we're starting to see fast fashion becoming a bit of an issue um, mm. and people actively not wearing fast fashion products. Thank you so much to Jad for joining us on the Webby Podcast. If you want to learn more about Allbirds Sustainable Processes, visit allbirds.com. To learn more about the Anthem Awards, visit anthemawards.com. 
The Webby Podcast will be going on a short break for the holidays. We'll be back in the new year. I hope you have a safe and restful holiday season. For more information about the Webby Awards, please visit us at webbyawards.com or on most social platforms at The Webby Awards. If you like our podcast, we'd be so grateful if you took a moment to give us a rating or review. You can reach me on social at DMD Likes. Our producer is Kate Mishkin. Editorial lead is Jordana Jarrett. Our assistant producer is Haley Lewis. Claire Graves is our president. Music is still Poddington Bear. I'm your host, David Michelle Davies, and this is the Webby Podcast. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.